Hello and welcome to the Trek Convention Podcast, the podcast where we sort through the juiciest, most interesting bits of Star Trek news from the Trek Convention feed. We pick our favorites for a closer look and share it with you from the perspective of a super fan and a new fan. And in this episode of the Trek Convention Podcast, we'll be discussing season three of Discovery. It started. Uh, the future of the future, and the status of the Star Trek Las Vegas convention, and much, much more. Thanks for joining us. And here we are on our very fourth, very fourth episode of the Trek Convention Podcast. I'm here with, uh, my name is Bill. I've been a Star Trek fan since the late 1800s, and I'm here with Jenna. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Hi, Bill. Good. Glad to be here. Happy Halloween, nearly. Nearly Halloween. Happy almost Halloween. Or as apparently people call it, the spooky season. Wasn't aware that was the thing. Oh, I was. I love the spooky season. You know that. You live near a graveyard, I believe. And I think that was a selling point of your house. It was a selling point. For you. Yes. That's good. I'm glad somebody like that it's a nice graveyard it's not a spooky graveyard it's a nice graveyard okay i know that star trek actually did a halloween episode called cat's paw which was a very kind of 60s let's drag out all the props that are humanly possible that have scary stuff in them it was probably a big production saver i didn't find it a very scary episode though but it had uh, witches and black cats and disembodied voices and it was uh it was uh, but it wasn't scary honestly i found the episode of what are little girls made of back in season one as a kid i don't know if i saw it like live in the 60s i don't think i was i don't think i'm quite that old but it was early on and i was very young scared the crap out of me um it's all about like people turning into rope being being turned into uh robots basically it's um harsh environment and to save their lives they they did that but you don't find out until the end and the actor ted cassidy plays rock it's actually spelled r-u-k but as a kid i always thought they were saying rock or O-C-K. anyway he was big and tall and had this weirdly deep voice and they were, they were living in caves and there was a pit that goes all the way to nowhere you drop a rock and it just seems to fall forever and people falling in and i'm like well that's just bad staff work there should be a railing there why are people falling into this bottomless pit anyway scared the crap out of me but not so much cat's paw good story i wish i had seen cat's paw i'm definitely going to try and see that you'd like the cat i'm wondering too if it's the same cat they used uh later on in the series they used a black cat on a couple different episodes i'm kind of wondering if they kept using the same one not to be confused with grudge who's now in uh discovery oh i love grudge that is a big cat and big I, cat i don't think it's a thyroid problem i think it's the breed is very big <laughs> well Maine coons can get pretty big but even i was surprised when i saw the size of that cat especially compared to the actor who does not look like he's a little man so no no and it's a it's a yeah and according to him there's a big as is happens in uh, production there are two cats just in case and uh, one of them's he describes one as being puffier than the other which i guess is is a thing didn't know cats were puffy 
So that's the end of my Halloween stories. Do you have any Halloween stories? You don't have any Halloween stories. You're fully decorated for Halloween, though. I am fully decorated, and I have a whole huge bowl full of candy that I hope will make it till next Friday, to next Saturday. And because you want to eat it next Saturday, because nothing to do with the the kids. It's just you're going to eat it on Saturday. Well, I keep every time I I walk by it, I grab a piece of candy, which is really bad for me. But hopefully, there'll still be some left for the kids. Yeah, if there are any. I don't know if anyone's trick-or-treating this year. Convention Corner. Convention Corner. Convention Corner. Yes, we have a new section called Convention Corner with a lovely helium-sounding voice that says Convention Corner that makes me laugh absolutely every time. Every uh, time. Every time I do it. It's, um, It's incredibly funny. To me. It'll never stop being funny. It might, but not anytime soon. So yes, uh, Convention Corner. The reason uh, I even brought it up is that the 2020, not surprising to anybody probably, the Star Trek Las Vegas convention has been officially canceled. It was postponed to December. Uh, Some people are now saying it's postponed to next year, which is kind of like canceling the 2021 but um, they're citing concerns from the federal and local health concerns. So they've canceled Star Trek 2020. STLV 2020 is not going to be the hashtag that carries any interesting news or, or feeds, which is very sad. But they are... It is sad. I was looking forward to it. I was actually looking forward to December with a little bit of trepidation in that like, I was hoping it would happen, but I was hoping it would be sort of safe to happen. But as we get closer and closer to December and it's nothing much is changing, I'm kind of relieved. And I'm really now I'm just really looking forward to next year. I really am not surprised that they canceled. I felt like I felt like they'd be taking too big of a risk. And even if it, if, if the space is larger to allow for social distancing, I just did not see a way to distance people the way they pack people into those auditoriums and I just didn't feel safe for anybody, including the actors. So while I'm sad that they're not doing it, I think it is the right, uh, the right decision. Oh yeah, I am too. And I'm, I'm a little relieved that now I can really look forward to the next convention because now that I know it's like next year and, and I have a little countdown on my, my Alexa that tells me how many days until the next Star Trek Las Vegas. And they've gone back to the Rio. They started the Rio and they moved it to Harrah's or the Caesars. Caesars. Uh, yeah, Caesars Forum Convention Center, which I guess is a brand new building, which I had hoped that would be big and we could do social distancing. But like you say, it's it's not nothing nothing is big enough. So I'm looking forward. And of course, now it's back in, in Rio, which seems almost retro now because they have the same six restaurants that everyone comes to know and either love or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I a little. I don't know what the there is a notation that they are no longer that this year. I think Creation referred to it as they are not. Uh, CBS is not a partner for 2021, um, which I assume is just a licensing issue. I don't know how long that would last. Whether it was just for 2021 or was it a long term thing or it's negotiated or whatever. My temptation is to think since they've renamed next year's convention the uh 55 year mission that since that's a, a very um specific 
I mean, that's only good for one year. I mean, it's only 55 years for once. Uh, I'm hoping that means that they um, are renaming it just for that particular year and that they'll have worked out something sort of more long-term um, after next year. But that's just me assuming that they have a plan regarding their naming convention, which they honestly may, may not. But fingers crossed. I did notice last year there was not a lot of un- CBS franchised material at their booth, you know, t-shirts. Normally every year I try to pick up the whatever polo there is that has, you know, creation, you know, Las Vegas and whatever featured series is, is on it for that year. I like to pick it up because it's specific to the year and it's specific to the event. And last year they didn't have one. They had just sort of standard Star Trek and standard, you know, Voyager and DS9 and that sort of thing. They didn't have anything specific to the, uh, to the 20, what year is it? It's still 2020. So it was the 2019 Vegas convention. So that's too bad. Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. Series Spotlight. There's that little voice again. I'm laughing. I shouldn't, I should re-record that because it's going to make me laugh absolutely every time I push that button. Series Three, season three of Discovery was just on. We've seen two episodes at this point, and you've seen yes, we have. You've seen them both. I've seen them both twice because there's not, there's not a lot else to do. So I've watched both episodes twice. Um, did you have any thoughts on either one? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> are they, but are they good the thoughts? <laughs> I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed it, and I think I told you that I was actually behind on season two. I'd only watched about half of season two and thought, oh, maybe I can get into episode se- episode one of season three without having uh, seen the others, but I couldn't. So I had to binge season two and then um, go right into season three, and it, it made a lot more sense, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I enjoyed it, and um, I am glad... Well, I'll let you talk about the episodes, and then I'll tell you what I liked about it. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Uh, I liked both episodes. I think I liked episode one maybe even a little bit more than episode two. I'm not sure why. Although now that I think about it, I like episode two a lot too. But uh, it does actually pick up exactly like two seconds after the end of season two. So it's not like there's been some sort of time shift and everyone's been where they're going to be forever. Um, so there, it, 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 it's, it's, you could run them back to back and I really liked it. Episode one, I thought did all the things it had to do, um, not to give too much away, but there's a, there's a whole lot of Starfleet discussions going on. I don't know if anyone's seen online that the Starfleet, um, United Federation of Planets, um, flag has changed because obviously one of the things that they promoted is that Starfleet is much diminished in size. So everything to do about Starfleet, and um, I just found fascinating, and the Federation, and sort of like the it's it's the future, and yet somehow parts of it seem far more like the past. Season two's second, I mean, sorry, season three's second episode, too many numbers, uh, is very much a western, which has been yes. pointed out. I mean, right down to the swinging bar doors and the, all the tropes of. You know, people pretending not to be armed, and yet they're all armed. So it it was uh, it, it feels like the very far distant future, and yet so many like echoes to 
like the pre-Federation past, which I just thought was really cool. And the actor whose name I wrote down, um, but can't find, is just great. Uh, there's a, a gentleman who's been waiting for the Federation for 40 years. His father was in the in the Starfleet, and his father, and it, it's a there's some really touching moments with uh, with that actor, and he's only on screen for like minutes, and it's just like very very uh, inspiring. That was touching. Um, basically, the character is a man who has been basically manning a was it a, uh, um, a an outpost of the Federation? I think it was um, a um, uh, a communication hub of the Federation. Oh yes. Yeah. So he's been manning this communications hub for years, just waiting for somebody to come along. And when Burnham comes in and introduces herself as commander, the shift in him is, is quite, um, quite touching. Like you said, I mean, he's so happy to see her and he's willing to do anything she needs. You know, he's just, it, it was just lovely. So I hope we see him a little more in the future episodes. I actually inadvertently thought, you know, this is the far-flung future. Maybe he's heard of her. I mean, maybe she's, you know, someone that's well-known even, you know, 900 years from now. And that's like, oh, my God, is Michael Burnham thinking? And then I'm, I'm thinking back. I'm like, well, why would they know her? She disappeared 900 years ago. Everything's gone. And I realized, yeah, it's because she's Starfleet. She is the physical embodiment of the thing that's missing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of thought that too, to be honest with you, but he didn't seem to really react to her name as much as her title. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really, it's, it's very, it's a, it's a, it's a good, it's almost like an origin story in that they've, they've started in the, in the new, the new world, 900 some odd years from now. And so it had to cover a lot of ground of like, well, where are we and what happened and this and that. And it had to set up a lot of things, but it really ended in a, in a really good spot where you're like, okay, all right, I, I feel much better now. I kind of know what's going on. And it was very exciting. Uh, and the second, second episode uh, I, I was really good too. And even the, the peak into the third episode, and I know they've released it where there's uh, something about Burnham saying something like, you know, I know the, the Federation is gone, but I'll, I'll be um, damned if I don't, do something to, you know, make things right or something to that effect. So it's like this, this is the new mission. The new mission is restarting Starfleet and restarting the Federation, which is exciting. What's next? Let me take a look. Speaking of Starfleet, uh, there was the last episode of... Star Trek Lower Decks, which I know we haven't talked about yet, because personally I hadn't seen any episodes until very recently, and then I saw all of the episodes. So um, there was an interesting little article about how in there's a lot, a lot of retro deep cut trivia going on throughout Lower Decks. They're constantly referring to things that are going on in TNG and things that had happened with uh, prior to that. I think there's a comment about. Um, Sulu's character and swords. I mean, there's. if you don't know the franchise, you won't get lost. But if you do, you'd be like, oh my God, they know everything there is. They know all the things. But there is a comment that uh, is made about Starfleet in that there is one of the, the planets from the uh, original series that was uh, worshipping Landru. Landru. And uh, apparently, you know, as if you know the original series... 
Kirk, Spock, McCoy, they set things right. This computer had sort of inadvertently taken over and that people were worshiping it because it was the only piece of technology that was helping them through the, their, their dark times. And then it just kept going and going and going. So finally they shut the computer down. They say, look, it's a computer. It's not a real person. It's not really Landrew. And all is right with the universe. And there's a reference in Lower Decks where they had to go back to that planet because they started worshipping the Landru again. It's like, well, we told you it's not real, but uh, but there's a purge. I, do, I have to do a thing. It was actually very funny because one character actually bought a new scythe, and he was very disappointed that he wasn't able to use it. But there's a conversation afterwards that talks about how the um, the... Starfleet is, I think the actual quote is that Starfleet is good at observing, bad at maintaining. So they're great at going out and discovering, finding new worlds and things like that, but making sure that they don't sort of backslide into what we, what the Starfleet and the Federation would consider the wrong direction isn't something that Starfleet is good at. And it's one of the first times, I know DS9 did a little bit of sort of side view of the Federation and, and Starfleet as being maybe not as... as perfect as as we all had hoped it would be but this is one of the first times that starfleet characters have said yeah we need some help we we're we're good at certain things and we're not good at other things there's never been a we're not good at other things conversation which i found interesting because then if you take that even further what is starfleet's role what is the federation's role is it to keep everybody moving in the same direction is that an occupying force at that point or i mean that certainly wasn't roddenberry's uh, vision of it, but he the 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 daily mechanical day to day operations of a Starfleet to make sure. Oh, hey, the Packleths haven't acquired every weapon in the world, and now they're shooting everybody. Um, that that could be problematic. But again, again, going too far would be authoritarian. So anyway, it was an interesting uh, little pop up uh, for for a quote unquote cartoon. Uh, it had some uh, some interesting insights into Starfleet and the Federation in general. I thought you haven't watched Lower Decks yet, right? I have not. I I'd I recommend it. Um, it's on my list, though. Yeah, it should be on. I was going to say everybody's list, but it should be on a lot of people's list. It's actually very funny and it's very well written, and it's like a lot of good animated series. It's you know adults get it and kids get it, and it's all very. Uh, it's a good show. I liked it very much. I watched literally in like a day. I watched all all the, all the episodes, all the things. Apparently, the Star Trek franchise is mapped out through 2027. This is according to uh, Alex Kurtzman. He's got years and years more of discovery. Apparently, given that uh, most Star Trek episode, episode seasons have been about seven years, and of course the new format for uh, for series is only about uh, ten. I think Discovery is like sixteen episodes. But um, so he's got um, everything mapped out for more like ten years, which is exciting. Um, I had read recently that I guess um, much like their. Um, use in episode 10 of Star Trek Lower Decks, Frakes and um, Sirtris have come back to reprise their characters from Star Trek The Next Generation, which is kind of fun to see. So they, they may actually get a prequel story um, as part of Picard, where they, um, 
I'm not sure what nice. it would be in, involved with, but yeah, it could be that could be fun. We always enjoy seeing them. Jonathan Frakes is uh, sort of the one of the best assets that um, the Star Trek franchise has, in that he's been an actor, obviously on the show. He's directed many, many episodes as well as the films. I think he actually directed my favorite of the Star Trek films, which was uh, First Contact. Um, I like that. If I had to pick one to watch again and only one, that would be the that would be the one to see. But um, he's great and he's fun. He actually showed up in the uh, the Ready Room follow up to episode two of uh, Star Trek season three Discovery. Nice to see. He has much longer hair than he used to, but I think we all have sort of self-inflicted haircuts at this point. So. Hashtag trivia. Hashtag trivia. Hashtag trivia. Yes. A new segment we've introduced called Hashtag Trivia. I'm kind of excited about this. I'm not sure it'll work, but we'll give it a shot. The idea being, I will throw out a trivia question, and if you know what it is, using our Twitter feed and the hashtag, hashtag trivia, literally you have to write the word hashtag and trivia, um, you can tell me the answer. So, this episode's trivia question, and we're not going to do this every time, but it'll be fun, he said, hopefully. So, the trivia question is, there's a film that came out many years ago that had uh, photographed uh, a city in miniature. This was supposed to be a city of the future, very dazzling and, and exciting, and uh, was part of the film, and is often the case, footage is reused in, in other franchises and other films and other TV series, and apparently, and I didn't realize they did this at all, but the Next Generation series reused that footage of that futuristic city, and so my question is, and I will play as a hint, I'll play a, a, an audio clip from the movie, but the, the, the trivia question is, what is the original name of the movie, and what episode of Star Trek Next Generation actually used the footage of the tiny city? So here's, here's, the, here's the hint. Last day, Capricorn 15's Year of the City, 2274. Carousel begins. That might be a hugely easy <laughs> bit of trivia to guess the movie if you're of a certain age. But uh, I'm hoping that the bit about which uh, episode will be a bit of a stumper. I have to point out, because speaking of Star Trek Las Vegas, every year there's a, a young man who always seems to wear a tie, very, very dapper, who has the most in-depth questions and conversations with uh, the cast when it comes to question and answer time of, uh, of the different panels. And I, I, I have a feeling he was already like, typing in the Twitter feed. So again, if you know the answer, use the hashtag, hashtag trivia, and let us know on our Twitter feed. That's all I have on uh, on my big list. The only thing I was going to point out, uh, do you have anything to add, Jenna, other than just warm wishes for the uh, Halloween season? Yes, warmest wishes for the spooky season and a happy <laughs> Early Halloween for everyone. <laughs> Depending on when you're looking, listening to this, you can be listening to it like four years from now, he said, hopefully, and be like, what is Halloween? Is that one of those pre-burn 
holidays. So that's all I have for now. Be sure to follow us on Facebook as Trek Convention and on our Twitter feed is at Trek Convention. And um, we hope to see you again next time. If you have a convention coming up and you want us to promote it or talk about it or whatever, let us know again through Twitter. Just hashtag convention 411 and we'll see if we can get it on the, on the podcast and get some people to know about it. I keep missing really good conventions and I'm really very disappointed now that they're virtual. You can go to any of them no matter where they are. So it would be uh, very disappointing to, uh, to miss one. So let us know. And uh, we hope to see you again next time on the Trek Convention Podcast. Thanks again. The Trek Convention Podcast is brought to you in part by .comsagogo. .comsagogo is your one-stop shop for domains, domain hosting, branded email, and more. No matter where you are in the galaxy, make sure everyone can find you with your own unique domain. .com's a go-go. Connecting you to the universe and helping you. Go boldly. Go to trekconvention.com sponsor for rates and deals.